All right, state your name and power. I am the Waffler. With my griddle of justice, I bash the enemy in the head, or I burn them like so. Oh, don't do that. I also have uh, my truth syrup, which uh, is low fat. And I've been working on a theme song, kind of a Waffle Man! I'm the Waffler! Golden Crispy! Bad guys of history! Yeah! And I'm running. You know, just think about it. Do you have a, a health plan, by the way? Maybe dental eye? Next. Hi. Uh, I am Pencil Head. And I am son of Pencil Head. We erase crime. Two generations of... <clears throat> right. Yes, thank you. Can I do it right? Yeah, I think I like this. I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse. I don't know what we just watched. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I could tell you the name. Genre bending. Genre bending. That wasn't the uh, name. No, it was not. Uh, the name per the title of the, the podcast episode that you're currently listening to, is Mystery Men. 1999. Yeah. This is a parody, satire of superhero movies hailing what? from a different a different century, a different time. Was it making fun of it? Yeah. You didn't, you didn't pick up on that? It felt very earnest. Well, I think it was doing a good job then, because to me it felt like the same. I was sitting by. Well, yeah, I know. But it did feel it did feel it did feel earnest. Like there were some points, like especially later in the movie, where I was like, I'm losing the the line between satire and this is just genuinely telling this story, which maybe it was part of the uh, the attempt here. Um, But yeah, so we're talking about Mystery Men. This came out, uh, you know, right. I would say the production must have started right in the heyday of like the the later era 90s Batman movies. And it takes a lot, in my opinion, from Batman Forever. And I guess, did Batman and Robin come out in 98? Maybe. Because to me, it screams that. I did have a note. I said, did Joel Schumacher do this movie? Well, actually, I have some some interesting information. I genuinely thought that he did. I wouldn't put it past you. Because, yeah, it's it's pretty, that's like the most like, so on-the-nose thing out of all circus-y. of it. Yeah. It seems like so premature to be doing a satire of those movies, it, especially because the fourth one is basically a joke of itself. Yeah, but I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> it does feel like a bit uh, premature, um, but it totally like nails, you know, what what they were going for. I guess like it wasn't. It, it's not like. 100% like a satire per se, but I do think it's like based on characters who are intended to be like. I mean, they're uh, definitely like turning it on its head. I mean, they kill Greg Kinnear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the director of this movie, when it rolled in the credits, I was like, I have no idea who this is. It's a guy named Kinka Usher. Um, and I was like, well, it's I'm not. pen name. I'm not super surprised that I don't know the director of Mystery Men. Right, because it's a pen name for Joel Schumacher. Well, maybe this Wikipedia page, which I was about to read off of, is just a very elaborate cover I'm just story. Just kidding, go ahead. But I'm fascinated by him because this guy only ever directed one movie Mystery Men. What? Mystery Men was kind of wow, a bomb. The plot thickens. It got pretty good reviews, but it like failed 
uh, financially. But oh, the was rest it a of DC career, movie? Oh, got him. No, DC movies don't review well. <laughs> um, his career, other than this, was entirely directing TV commercials. And much like Michael Bay, who started out in the same way, who had a cameo in this movie, probably because they were buddies from the TV commercial industry back in the 90s. I bet he made bank doing that. And he definitely did because he was involved in the Got Milk campaign. He had the the Taco Bell Chihuahua. Oh my goodness. You know, like heavy hitters. A legend among us, Joel Schumacher. He he received the Directors Guild of America Award for Best Commercial Director in 98. For which commercial? It doesn't say. Okay. And most notably... I know. So sorry. Uh, the the wildest tidbit, because for someone that did direct a movie of note that had these kind of actors in it, there's barely any information about him on his Wikipedia. And the one Again, one of the few things continue to prove my point. One of the few things that there is though is that in February of last year, he sold his seaside mansion in Spain. To Ellen DeGeneres for $22 million. Claim to fame. How the fuck did he have that much money? Did How much money do commercial directors make? So much money. I guess. Like, ever, everyone talks about how much like money you can make as an actor just doing commercials. Yeah. Yeah. Like you that makes make sense to me because so it's like celebrity money. placement, but I never really imagined that the director. No, not no, not as a celebrity. Money. As a regular actor, if you can book commercials, you are set. People just aspire to do, quote unquote, real acting. Yeah. But I'm sorry. Have you seen Flo? Have you seen the the guys at Sonic that sit in their cars and eat? Not in a long time. No, which is a shame. But they had a good run, though, didn't they? My favorite commercials, since you asked, are the um, Don't Be Like Your Parents. I think it's progressive. I was gonna say not great because I can't. I'm not confident, but I'm pretty sure it's progressive. I think you're right. Or is it Geico? No, I think it's progressive. Yikes! Uh, but progressive is also flow. I mean, they really have a corner State of the farm. Market. No, why did it? No, that's not State that's Farm. That's J.K. Simmons. Or I thought that was Farmers. Okay, State Farm is uh, the the guy in the khakis and uh, Mahomes. Patrick yes. Mahomes. Yes, yes, of course. What's his name? The guy in the khakis. Yeah, Jake. Jake, Jake, from, State Jake Farm. from State Farm. Well, glad we had this little insurance. What's rundown. your favorite commercial series? Shit, that's a hard question. It's been a while one. since I've seen like one that really stuck with me. And if I can't pick the ones that you're saying, then I have none. I'm only picking the one. Yeah. I, I literally don't even have a second option. I don't. It's been a minute since I've seen one that like I committed to memory. Because usually now the commercials that I'm seeing are on Hulu when we're watching stuff or on YouTube, and I hate them all. I'm like, skip. Like, I'm, I can tell you my least favorite commercial right now. Okay, Which fine. is the uh, Google Chrome one that I keep getting on YouTube that's like, Google Chrome saves your passwords. I'm like, what? Why what are we? Why am this? I getting ads for this now? And they're always 15-second unskippable ad with this, like, woman on a couch, like, trying to, like, guess her password, and it's just like a... Like tapping noises over and over again. She's like, mm. "You would be locked out by I'm, this point, lady." I'm so tired of it, Google. Anyway, 
Back to back to Mystery Men. This was relevant. It was. Um, talk about like a sensory barrage in the first five minutes of this movie, right? Uh, I thought it is progressive. Just oh. confirming. I mean, good to know. Uh, also, it's not um, Wayne Knight, the guy from Jurassic Park and Newman. It's not him at the beginning of this movie. I totally thought it was. And you said that. Why did you watching. go to Jurassic Park first? I don't know. In my head, that's where, Newman. I, that's where I was, though. I know you even said Newman, but I went Jurassic Park first, okay? Uh, it was Artie Lange, I believe, who is also a very well, just, hate him or love him type guy. I'm just going to set it up in case you haven't watched mystery man yes of course to prepare for this episode which if you haven't you guys aren't you guys are watching along with us right um i had never seen this also by the way before yeah i before this me neither and i i like had heard about it but i had not heard about it but anyway it starts out at a nursing home dance which i didn't even get that that's where we were when we started i didn't know what was happening i thought maybe it was, I just thought like, it was like a fundraiser the city's elite yes um Anyway, these like robbers come in ruth ruthfully, mm-hmm. ruth ruthlessly, sure, and are terrorizing. Yeah, they fucked him up. But then stealing their molars and prosthetic limbs. Some people there trying to stop it. There are, there are people there trying to stop it. Do you and know who they are? It's a star-studded cast that we're getting. It sure is. I We've didn't got, know Ben Stiller was in this. He was the one person that I did know was in it. Because I think he was, like, very foremost on the poster. We see Hank Azaria. Yeah, Hank Azaria. Once again, doing an accent questionable at best. Yes. He's made some amends, though. Yes, yes. He was on uh, NPR's Code Switch. Yes. Uh, he's there. Uh, we got William H. Macy as the shoveler. Loved him. We've obviously got Ben Stiller as Furious. Is that just his name? Fury. Something like that. Phoenix. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Roy. And then, most importantly, we've got Greg Kinnear, who comes in to save the day as Captain Amazing. I think Greg Kinnear is one of the most underrated actors of our generation. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I first, like, really knew who he was because of um, Little Miss Sunshine. Right. And then he pops up in Baby Mama, and he plays, like, such the straight man in... I mean, really in both, but... And in this, he's he's a good he's a really good straight man. Mm-hmm. No, he's great. I've never seen a movie with Greg Kinnear in it that he didn't like elevate. This included, like he's he's a great inclusion for this. He's Although never who I would have expected for this character, but Tina Fey did say that he didn't know if she was Tina or Amy. Yes, which is pretty embarrassing for Greg Kinnear. That was if really she's funny. Telling the truth, you think she would lie about that? She's a, real, a comedian. It's a real character assassination on Mr. <laughs> Greg Kinnear. I so. think it was legit. Yeah, no, I believe it. I believe it. He was a great addition to the cast of this. Also to call him Captain Amazing. I mean, we haven't even gotten Captain America yet. Like, this movie was so ahead of everything. It really was. Who was really, like, behind it? Like, what did Ben Stiller want to make this movie? Ben I'm Stiller assuming? did do like a lot of work to help get it off the ground. Um, Why hasn't he broken into the modern day superheroes? Ben Stiller? Yes. He's busy doing his uh, high end production company. Of Severance? Severance and uh, Escape at Danamora. He's making Never like, heard of it. that was like a 
limited series a couple years ago, also very prestigious. He's got his... He's he's all in on that second. I know, but like he can throw his weight around. He could do anything, and it seems like superheroes are special to him. Yeah. Well, so here's here's how it started. Um, the publisher of Dark Horse Comics, who is that's like a um, label of comic books that I don't think we've really touched on that much. I mean, like their big things were like, oh, we, well, Hellboy is from them. Sin City, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Umbrella Academy, they do all that stuff. And he pitched the concept of this movie to a couple of producers and just like wanted to do something where the characters were really relatable and uh, also like have these kind of like real relatable characters, but in a very surreal and over the top environment. Um, Very realistic characters. Yeah, like they're not. They're all so, like, average. No one has... No one really has superpowers except for... For Kel. Uh, well, the Invisible Boy, but... Maybe. Um, and, the, and the talking uh, dead father skull bowling ball, but... I mean, the universe is what is, like, elevated. Mm-hmm. The people are very normal. Yeah, which is a really interesting way to look at it, because it's, it's like... It's very Joel Schumacher. yeah. Like we have this, it starts off Except with for like, like poison a, ivy and stuff. Never mind, retract. Yeah, he got a little crazier for sure. But I mean, at the same time, we start this movie with like a panorama, like sweeping shot of what basically is Gotham, complete with like blimps, advertising pawn shops, like very like dystopian future almost. But then the day to day, like the shovelers just like got a suburban home it's and all- kids. Like there's nothing going on, you know. It's very The Boys to me, which is not, I know, a show I haven't really watched. Um, Also, like, Watchmen, it's kind of just that generic superhero capitalist world. Yeah. It's the commodification of superheroes. Yeah. And was it the first or second Fantastic Four where Johnny is trying to get the sponsors? Very much that, too. Yeah. Like, as soon as we've seen Captain Amazing wearing, like, brand logos on his jacket. This movie was announced in 1997, along with a shitload of other comic book movies, some of which came out, some of which didn't. Um, That included Blade, X-Men, Fantastic Four, Superman Lives, the canceled one with Nick Cage, a Captain America movie, an Iron Man movie, Green Hornet, which did come out, uh, Daredevil, Silver Surfer, and 26 other movies, which I... In 1997? Yeah, they just fucking went crazy. Announcing these. Different different production companies, I'm guessing, because this wasn't like DC or Marvel affiliated. It was Universal Pictures distributed it. So I think that was just uh, when shit started to pop off the first time, when the first wave of those movies started getting made. Because at this point... Thanks, Michael uh, Keaton. Yeah, honestly. He did? Yeah. He started We're only it. one year before the first X-Men movie coming out when this released. So Same year. 1999. Had, oh, no, it was, it was 2000. 2000 right? You're right, you're right, you're right. Like, if they had waited a couple more years Turn to make this century. movie, it would have been, like, a totally different environment of stuff that they were trying to, uh, like, emulate. Yeah, I was trying to think of, like, if this movie was made today, um, which I feel like, the style of movie that was made today is like a kick ass. Yeah. It kind of feels like that. Yeah. Like a less edgy version of that, I think. 
Like yeah. this, this movie is like pretty tame. Like there's no cursing or anything. The violence is very right. Like, but yeah, I, it's in some ways like the most nineties movie I've ever fucking seen in my life. And in other ways, like it's pretty like timeless with like the plot beats that it's like bringing down to like a very core level. It's like, this is every superhero movie. Yeah. I didn't even necessarily think it was like particularly nineties, I guess, except for like the, um, memorial to disco, I guess was still happening in the nineties. I, I don't know who's still holding on to that candle. I think that would have been even a little people in 1999 probably like, I thought we did this already. I mean, like, I guess in some ways, like, the outfits, but they were being outlandish with the outfits anyway. No, I think for me, like, the most 90s things are, like, the... Well, I was talking to a friend of the podcast, Dylan Ratcliffe, about this movie, who uh, greatly enjoyed it when he was 12 years old, and he has not seen it since then. (laughs) He was like, I don't know if it holds up. And I was like, well, you have to watch it again to tell me. Um, But, like, in the beginning, like, I was saying, it's like a assault on the senses. Like, the camera movements and like being so close in people's faces and like these lower angle shots i'm like this feels very 90s like the way that these movies were shot to be like whoa like we're going so crazy man and like shit like that it feels very bent like ben stiller's style like they do that in like dodgeball Mm -hmm. and um zoolander which are later movies yeah but they like get right up in the faces yeah for sure it's yeah i felt like owen was missing he, he would have been, been he would have been great. Yeah, that's it's too bad. I I guess the other 90s thing was like really just Paul Rubin's entire thing and the fart jokes. The fart jokes for sure. That was I really could have done without his character. It was gross. Yeah, it was. Why it was did just, they have to do all that stuff on his face? Like I get it, like he is gross, like that's the point, but I'm also like it's just it wasn't very funny to me. I think it would have been funnier if he was really like conventionally good looking. Yeah. Yes, I agree, actually. And just don't make him do the voice. I was just like every time he was like on the screen, I was like, I like everybody else except him. I he really put me off of some of this movie. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I think my favorite bits were with, were either with or about Greg Kinnear, including when he names all of the villains that he's ever had. That was that. Yeah, that was my like most enjoyed part of the movie because like that's such a comical idea to me. Is like yeah, there's no fucking comic. Oh, very very clever. I didn't intend that. I didn't have another uh, thing to riff off of, and I just enjoyed uh, the idea. It felt kind of like Incredibles-ish to me. Yeah. Just like him like sitting in this car being like, no, I don't have anybody to fight because I like put everybody in jail already or killed them <laughs> apparently. And that's just like so funny because it's always every superhero movie is like, here's how like this supervillain was created and why he wants to fight our hero, but it's like, this one's just like, fuck it. it. I have to go get this guy out of jail to have someone to fight. It did feel really cartoonish. Like it kind of felt like the Harley Quinn show that we watched. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel like she would do that. Yes. Absolutely. She would want to, well, she kind of has an episode where she's looking for an arch nemesis, but like she would go and break someone out of jail just so that she could have a nemesis. That's a really good poll. Um, really good. Actually. My one of my second favorite joke is the uh it couldn't be Lance. Lance wears glasses. That's my next note. It's like 
how he can't no that doesn't make any sense he's not wearing glasses he wouldn't be able to see <laughs> like it's so funny like it's such a dumb joke and like yeah we get it ha, like the Clark Kent thing's been done to death but it was still funny it was so funny just because like it was so earnest it was earnest and it's become like one of those things where it's like even like a Superman movie is you can't make a joke about it anymore because it's like tired but for this just like such a, a casual discussion like yeah no of course not idiot it's not him <laughs> um i really uh my my notes are pretty pretty thin for this movie i'm not gonna lie but my other uh i had another quote that did make me laugh quite a bit was when kel's character from keenan and kel i've already forgotten his character's name the one that can go invisible is yeah. it just an invisible boy or I, he has some sidekick name um i think it isn't it's got invisible but when the team comes to the house to recruit him he's like hey dad i'm going to my room with three strange men and just like no one responds to it that's also very nice it's great (laughs) stranger danger gay panic yes um the disco boys Disco boys are great. Love it. Very Joel Schumacher's Batman where you're like in the streets and this like tribe is coming for you and they're circulating you. I was waiting for one of them to go, warrior. Say, this is totally, it's some warrior shit. Like we have a meeting of all, all these different people. There. We got, we got the disco guys. We got like the frat bros. Like just everyone's got their own little, own little sect. There's so like little, uh, like exposition on the world, which I love because yeah. it's like so like we don't af- need it. Yeah, like one, you shouldn't bother. Like just let it speak for itself. It's so, it's so goofy, and it's not like burdening itself with trying to explain anything. It's just like yeah, fuck it. It's you. If you've seen one of the Batman movies, you basically know what's going on here. Which is so funny because like we don't have that much to base it on. We have the original Superman's, we have obviously Batman. We have like the TV shows, but like in terms of movies, like not very many movies have come out to this point. Have those um I guess we would have had those like 90s movies like Rocket, The Rocketeer, Rocketeer, and uh, The Billy Shadow. Zane. What was the other one that we watched? Billy Zane. Um, the purple guy with the ring. Yeah. Played by Phantom. Billy Zane. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I was thinking the sh- the shadow was Alec Baldwin. Yes. Okay. I got I got mixed up. I mean, I I knew what I was saying. Yes. Billy of course, Zane. Of course. The movie. <laughs> we all knew. Um, I guess those came out before, but they're not exactly what you would point to as like superhero Mm-mm. movies. No, those were very much like. I mean, we would. Right. For podcast For purposes, culture. yeah, but those were like fifties <laughs> era, uh, like adaptations, kind of. Right, but they came out in the nineties, right. right? Right, just like the the Reeves, like Superman was very much like that was a bit older too, obviously, but it was like going back to like yeah, old school like comics, like, and then it wasn't until the Burton Batman that they like kind of stepped things forward, like that was it was like this isn't Adam West anymore, and. You gotta wonder, like, when they jumped on this idea. Nineteen ninety-seven. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess we know. Which the first one came out in nineteen eighty-nine. Okay. The first Michael Keaton Batman. Yeah. Um, I like the tryout scene. I love any montage, any tryout scene in any movie, pretty much. 
it, this one was great. Also, so many cameos. Shout out to the inclusion of Smash Mouth. As Molly noted, pre-Shrek. Pre-date Shrek. They were fucking ready to go with that needle drop. Right. Like, it felt like a Shrek reference. <laughs> no. It's so weird Shrek watching this. Shrek was a Mystery Men reference. <laughs> like, in this era. Like, it's so, like, played out. But, like, not a, like, I'm trying to think about the time and how, like, wild this movie would have seemed. Oh, yeah. I just... In a lot of ways, like, what we've already talked about, like, this movie isn't necessarily, like, super quintessentially 90s, but at the same time, it, like, only could have come out at this specific moment. And it just, it... I disagree. I think it could have come out almost at any time. As it is, though, I just mean, like... I mean, they would have updated, like, jokes and stuff, but I think the structure of it, yeah. Yeah, no, I just mean, like... Yeah, like, you like, could, the concept would apply whatever. I just mean, like, the way that it was done. I mean, I kind of think so. Maybe we should do a recast at the end here. That could be fun. I definitely am going to take a long time to think about it, though. It's a lot of characters. We'll take a little pause. I, I mean, all of these characters, all these actors could just play them still to this day. If they were going to, like, if we're going to do that, then that's, like, what we should do. And just go all in and do like a Wet Hot American Summer style sequel, but make it a prequel. A prequel. Just like, just like how they did it for Wet Hot American Summer. Everybody's 20 years older, but you act like it took place 10 years before the first movie. Oh, yeah. It'd be great. Anything to get Greg Kinnear back. Okay, then we won't do the recast. No, we can definitely still do the recast. <laughs> uh, we're going to need to like pat it for time, too, because I don't think we have a lot to talk about. Janine Garofalo. Speaking of Wet Hot American Summer. Yes. Wow. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Uh, she was great uh, as the one person from the audition montage to actually get to join the team. What about Dane Cook? Dane Cook was the there. The Waffler? The Waffler. That's in our pre-clip. Yes. Okay, good. Our B-roll. <laughs> I... That might actually take back everything else I said. The most 90s thing about this is Dane Cook being like the celebrity cameo. Was this like, before his show? Um, I don't remember. Oh, you know what? I'm just getting him mixed up Wait. with that Tosh guy. Oh, yeah. They're I, kind of similar, right? Yeah. But he did they, like stand up. But yeah, Dane Cook was a stand up guy. Maybe he did have a show. I remember he did a couple movies like when he was still. Oh, yeah. Relevant. He was in that one rom com movie. I watched that. I, kn- I knew him. Probably the only thing I've ever seen him in is Employee of the Month. Oh, God. Which is like a movie where he's like working at Walmart is or something. Is Dak Shepard in that? Dak Shepard is probably in it. It seems like something he would have been in. And that must have come out. I don't know. I'm imagining that like coming out probably later than it actually did. My best friend's girl. Incredible. What was that? 2006? Okay, yeah, that's about right. Oh, there he is. So I guess Dane Cook did have some staying power. And Jessica Simpson. Wow, I never saw Employee of the Month. I don't know why I saw that or when. I feel like that was his era, though, was, like, the the, the early 2000s. So, like, this was, like, early him. He was just a stand-up, I think. Damn. But, like, this No, I is, think you're right. This it, is very, still... like, insider comedy club. Mm-hmm. Like, and I feel like the... They made this movie for their friends who are going to think it's funny. But like 
the public is not going to think it's funny and like kids will enjoy it, but they won't know why they're enjoying it. Wow. That's so on the money. I mean, it's not. It is though, because it is like one of those things where people would go back as an adult and be like, why did I love this so much as a kid? Like, it is funny, but like, why did I think it was that funny? I feel like there's a lot of movies from, especially from the nineties and the eighties too, which are like that. Yeah. Um, great line from the bowler saying that her dad fell down an elevator shaft onto some bullets. Um, I also liked the montage of learning their, um, skills from Sphinx. Yes. Wes Studi coming in out of nowhere, just as the mentor character was pretty great. Um, it's kind of impressed with, uh, Ben Stiller's character just apparently like in the script, he like actually had this, he changed something pretty fundamentally when he like decided to do the part. Um, I think his character was like actually going to, Oh. So all of their costumes. <laughs> I can't fucking. I can't find it. Um, oh yeah. So Mister Furious, which I guess is his name. I didn't remember the Mister part. He was like actually strong in the original script. Like he was a capable fighter, but he was just really angry all the time. But Ben Stiller was like, uh, I think that's boring. So I decided to make him like the weakling. Yeah, a much better choice. He's like, like, if we're a band, I'm the guy that started the band, but I'm also the least talented member of it. Definitely. That's exactly his character. It's also like a precursor to the rage he has in the Meet the Parents movie as Gaylord Falker. Yes, I agree. He has so much rage in that movie, and it was really coming in this. I was like, oh my gosh, this is Greg. <laughs> losing his ever-loving mind. I mean, Ben Stiller has always done that really well, like the pent-up rage. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's what he's like at all as a person. He's very zen whenever I've heard him do interviews. He just knows how to bring it and, out And, like, very thoughtful. And he's not, like, quippy funny. Mm-hmm. Like, he is really funny, but he's not, like, quippy in interviews and stuff. Not, not, not like, with the kind of wit that you see from some other people. Not to say he's not witty. But right. He's not trying to make you laugh during an interview. Regarding his involvement in the movie, Janine Garofalo said that she signed on to do the movie, which, per this quote, I just think it's very funny. He was like, Janine Garofalo saying about the director, he was nice and funny and the money was good, so I decided to do it. Which, you know, fair. I mean, what were you doing? This is pre-Scooby-Doo. I don't know. I don't know (laughs) Janine Garofalo's career. She's also stand-up. At this point... She must have just done the live action adaptation of Rocky and Bullwinkle, which is a movie that I watched several times as a never, child. Never seen it. And she twisted, in her words, Ben Stiller's arm to get him to join the movie because he's always super busy. Wait, so Ben Stiller didn't want to make I guess. Movie. But see, I saw that something about a... Or he was just going to produce it? Ben Stiller got approached to rewrite the script and direct the movie. So I guess I thought he was like kind of at the ground level, but he was not. But I guess once they asked him to do that, he was like, and but he got offered Hank Azaria's part first. And he was like, I don't want to do that. Hank Azaria was great for that. But so he didn't want to get typecast as the nerdy guy. Instead, he got typecast as the angry guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe he prefers that. Um, 
Humping a skunk. Very <laughs> 90s. Just, I did enjoy that. They're just like, just let it happen. <laughs> and we go from like, yeah, a close up of the skunk humping his leg to like them standing in front of a beautiful picturesque moon on a starry night. And just the, the skunk just going away. <laughs> I was also very surprised when they killed Mr. Amazing or whatever. Yes, that was Captain fucking Amazing. hilarious. I was shocked. I was like, I can't believe they did that. So funny. Like, it was the only way. The, the longer that, that scene kept going with, like, flipping the switch, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Um, that was so good. Just everybody, like, bickering with it. And when uh, the bowler is like, <laughs> I'm going to check his pulse, then <laughs> his arm falls off. That was that was maybe my favorite, like, physical gag for the whole thing. That was that was great. I'm, I think I'm just like any of the type of thing where, uh, like, what was it in, in D&D, the recent D&D movie, someone gets like bludgeoned over and over again. And someone's like, I think you got him. And then uh, gets like thrown into a brick wall. That was kind of that moment in this for me. And that really that really tickles me, you know. It tickles you. It tickles me. What can I say? What else can we say? I mean, the only other thing I really have to say about this movie, besides another criticism, it was a bit too long. I don't think it oh, needed to yeah. be. It's a full two-hour long movie. Full, I was expecting a 90-minuter and got got more than I could chew. Yeah. Yeah, I think they could have, if not a full half hour, they could have chopped like 10, 15 off of this bad boy. For sure. From the fat. But uh, one thing that did stick with me uh, is... That the uh, shoveler actually had some like pretty like fun and unique fight scenes. I actually thought they had like some really good ideas on like how to mess with that as a weapon. Like beyond it just being like the obvious. Like it's funny that he's fighting with a shovel. He has moments where his big shovel gets knocked away, and then he pulls out like a little like gardener's hand shovel to like block a sword, uh, or he's like jamming his shovel into like a doorway and like swinging on it to yeah. kick people. I'm like, yeah, okay. He's the most competent. He really is. I mean, uh, Hank's doing a pretty good job. He is. He could use when a he, knife though. He could use a knife. I also really did enjoy, um, the shoveler just like having a family, just being a, just being a guy. Um, that felt very incredible to me. It's him like wanting to do all this stuff and just, Maybe getting in over his head, you know. His kids aren't sure about him. Except his one son who's... His, one, the youngest yeah. one, yeah. He was... He, He's he a believer. The for sure. I mean, who wouldn't? Indeed. Um, I think... What else did I... Oh. What did you think of Casanova Frankenstein? Casanova Frankenstein? Uh, one, I just saw that this was Jeffrey Rush who played him who also played Barbosa in the Pirates movies. Also, just a famous actor. <laughs> yes. I really know him mainly, for sure. I think. But I can't, I can't name any of that. But yes, esteemed actor Jeffrey Rush. This was his first Hollywood movie. Really? Yep. Gotta wonder how that happened. Because he's Australian? I think so. That's what I'm seeing. Okay. Wait a second. He was in Shakespeare in Love, which was 1998. Maybe he was cast in this first. Or Wikipedia is just wrong. That's probably it. 
But either way, yeah, early. Well, that's British, early, like, maybe. Oh. Boz. Oh, no, wait. I don't know. I don't know. Hold, please that's hold. That's not Boz Lerman. I was getting mixed up with Romeo. Plus oh, Romeo. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Tom Waits is in here for some reason. Love that. I think the last thing that I really have is, uh, I just really enjoyed that the first, like, team coming together moment that we have is just everybody vandalizing a car. Oh, yeah, that was just very funny. Not, no one, none of the occupants were remotely injured. They were sending a message. <laughs> they were, but, you know, Hank Azaria was keying that car, or forking it, rather. <laughs> what is this, The Good Place? All right, let's take a short little break and we'll come back with our recasting okay. of the film. Sounds like a plan. We've emerged from our, our break, our pause, and we've come back to do a little recast. A truly insane recast. Yes. As uh, only gonna, this movie could. It's what it deserves. It's what it deserves. You want to get us started with uh, Captain Amazing? Yes, I went with a standby, a favorite of mine. Someone who I think would do a great straight man, but like who I whom I adore. And you can't have Greg Kinnear, right? <laughs> so, so I went with Idris Elba. That is a very good pick. Very good. I'm envisioning his character from Hobbs and Shaw, <laughs> but even more annoying. I'm if kind that's of possible. picturing him from like Guardians and being like, I'm a superhero, like <laughs> so serious. Or That's, like hit like the actor Idris Elba playing. He's like, I've um actually been a superhero. Like that would be so meta. I I'm on board with that. I mean, I don't actually mean doing it meta, but like that that energy. Yeah, that would be fucking great. I picked uh, Jason Momoa. Oh my gosh, one. that's great. Because oh, he's I, perfect. I see himself like carrying himself <laughs> with that energy. Because he can do that so well, like, as Aquaman. And he's just yes. like... Yes! No, that's perfect. Yeah. Inspired. Love it. And I love me some Jason Mo. Who doesn't? I can't wait for it. See Fast 10 Fast this weekend. 10. Okay. What did you have for the bowler? For the bowler? This so one might be my favorite. I only... I think I only, like, changed uh, gender of one character. Like, I generally stayed within the lines. But... Uh, so, for this is, this is one of the ones that I did not change. Uh, for bowler, I went with... Jenna Ortega. Okay. Because very hip. Janine Garofalo in this, like, a bit older than Jenna Ortega is now, but like the whole thing with like the bowling ball, that feels very Wednesday Adams. Yeah, I got the I got the Wednesday vibe. So I'm like, her being on here, and honestly, I have seen Jenna Ortega, I think, only in Wednesday, so I know she can like do other stuff besides Wednesday. She's been in some scary movies. She's in Scream, right? Yeah. Um, I think that vibe would be great to bring and bounce off with the rest of this cast. I went on in like kind of the exact opposite direction, uh-huh. especially age wise. <laughs> Go with <laughs> Helen Mirren, Lily Tomlin. Oh, can oh. you not picture mainly like her from Frank Grace and Frankie? That would be She's so like, I've funny. got my own bowling ball that and just like launching, launching it, like doing a full spin to like launch it out, but like doing it perfectly every Huck, time. I'm on, I'm on board with that. That's hilarious. <laughs> the mental image of her like being on a superhero team. She would be so like 
yeah, I'm here. Like, I need it to keep the aspect of her Grace and Frankie character where she's just like on drugs all the exactly. time. Exactly. <laughs> it, it's basically Frankie. And everyone's like, can she actually hear the bowling ball or is she just on acid? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mr. Fury. Now, this one I feel like I went like with an easy. Okay. And uh, maybe an obvious person. This is someone that has played Rage before. Okay. And that is Charlie Day. <laughs> that that's incredible. It's like almost too spot on. But it's so good. It's so good. I I can see him being a impotently vengeful right now before me. I picked someone a bit more uh, typical. Also has been in the comic book realm before, uh, but I feel I could could play this character well. And that's a Nicholas Holt. I knew you were going to pick Nick Holt for something. He needs a win right now. What? He's gotten so many wins. Yeah, but he missed out on being Batman, you know, and he missed out on being uh, in uh, fucking Mission Impossible when Tom Cruise called him. I feel bad for the guy. I know, but is he actually regretting it? Because I feel like he's no, living he's, his best fucking life. I think he's, he's totally fine. And also, word on the street is he's going to be Lex Luthor in the new what? Superman movie. That's the number one rumor in the mill. <gasps> Oh my gosh, let's put a pin in that. Uh, but I feel like he could do a really good job of like, he could obviously, he's a great actor, but also like lampooning the goofiness of it. I feel like he hasn't had the opportunity to do that in a superhero movie. But he is very goofy. Yeah. All right. How about the show? Or we're on the waitress. Yes. Who'd you pick for the waitress? So it has to be someone opposite Harley Day. So I picked, from a show we just watched recently, Shrinking, Jessica Williams. Oh, man. Who's also yes. a stand-up. That would be really I was good. trying to, in the back of my mind, thinking of, like, people, like, in the stand-up-ish world yeah. for some of these characters, so. That would be really funny. Um, kind of having in mind, like, the Nicholas Holt being the character opposite the waitress, I went with uh, Kristen Stewart, because I just feel like, I, I love it. I see it. I don't know why she came to mind for it, but I was like, she loves yeah, an okay. indie movie. I also think it was just like the the waitress kind of like being like like too cool, like yeah, you know, like I'm like I, I kind of get some Kristen Stewart like IRL vibes, let alone some of the movies that she's done. Also, I just decided Elizabeth Banks will be directing this movie. Great, the reboot, as she should. Okay, that might actually happen. <laughs> Who do you have for the shoveler? The shoveler? Uh, I went with a actor that was in a movie that I actually just mentioned a couple minutes ago, and that is Michelle Rodriguez. <laughs> oh, that is so great. I mean, come on. D and D Fast X. It's that's really funny. I, it's that like I had no hesitation. I was just like, oh yeah, that makes complete sense. Now I decided to go funny with this one. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why this person popped into my brain. I love it. <laughs> Again, I went in like a very opposite direction. <laughs> I went <laughs> with Tig Notaro. <laughs> Inc- wow, wow. Again, I was like thinking of stand-ups, and I was like, I just want someone that's like... Again, would be like weirdly very good at it, but like not even like they're trying. I love that. 
Just yeah, like, what the fuck? I guess Are... I'll just take the shovel now and shove it up your ass. <laughs> like, can you just see Dick saying? That's not a line from the movie, but that would be a line in this movie. Yes, it would be the R-rated version. God, that's so good. That's actually amazing. I, I need Tink Nataro to be in more movies like I this I know. Tink Nataro is so funny. She like, is. I know people know that, but... They don't know it, though. I heard her on a podcast recently, and I was cackling she out was, loud. She was great in uh, Your Place or Mine. Yes. Like a little bit part, but she's great. Right. She needs more stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think she's fine, but... She's chilling. She's just so... She's witty. Yes, absolutely. Okay. That would be so good. Um, I went Weird. with a deep cut for Blue Raja. Someone Raja I know cut. really well, again, from the podcast comedy okay. world. Okay. And someone who has an insane laugh. Named Nish Kumar. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I also felt like maybe we should be that. race appropriate. Oh, see, I didn't do that. <laughs> because in my head, thinking about this being like, you know, placed into the modern environment of not only just like superhero stuff, but also just like culture. I was like, they didn't really harp on it at all in this movie, even though it is like kind of a visual joke that it's Hank Azaria doing this. Uh, yeah, but it's really dicey with it, his background. It is. So in my version of the story, Blue Raja would be doing this, but everybody is like, dude, what's your problem? Like, like we've been white. over this. And that is Dave Franco. Oh, he would be so great as that. He's like, no, man, this is me. I learned the arts, yes. man. It's I'm Blue Raja. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly what I'm Bro. envisioning. <laughs> you don't it's even like you get like, it. You don't get it. It's incense. I'm on another level. <laughs> God, how great. But yeah, that would be very much like um, uh, Dave Franco just doing an imperialism bit for the entire movie and everybody being like, <laughs> man, dude, come on. Well, I feel like Alison Brie could be any of these too. Shit, yeah, absolutely. Like, she'd be a great shoveler or bowler. She truly would. Now, or Captain Amazing. We've got we've got Invisiboy. Mm-hmm. Who we got? I can tell you mine. Okay. But uh, I kind of like... Are we in the same person? No, I don't think so. Maybe. But I don't think so. I don't know that many, like, younger actors, so I was just, like, poking my head around. And another uh, actor from a recent show that we've watched, Bella Ramsey. Oh, I just like she's not very similar to the version of Invisible that we get in this movie. But uh, I was just like thinking about like the interactions that she had, like in The Last of Us. Um, and I, I think that with the other cast that I had, I was like she would work really well in this environment because she just plays. I think she would play like a more like hard headed version really well. For sure. Who'd you go with? I went with another sweet boy from a t- from a TV show. I thought you would have gone with him too. Who's that? Gatton Mazza Maz- Oh yeah. Oh from no. From Stranger Things. Fantastic. And so then he was one of the first ones I cast actually. Okay. And then I was like, man, I want to use all these other char- actors. So I just have alt that I would like to be in it, <laughs> but they're not I guess in the thing sure. which is David Harbour and Steve. 
Yeah. I mean, a lot, like all of them, but like, I was just like, man, I want to use David Harbour now for like Sphinx or Casanova, really. Either of those, he would have been great. But I was like, I can't have two Stranger Things actors. I I thought about Stranger (laughs) Things and I just glossed over. I didn't think about uh, Gatton. He's such a good invisible boy. Yeah, I looked right over him. Yeah, absolutely. Such a good boy. Okay. My next two are my are also fun. I love my whole cast. I think we should each read them all out together so we know who's in the movie together. Yes. Um, okay, so Sphinx. I have another fan fave, Taika Waititi. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. He, that's to. good. That's good. He'd want to get in on this action. He absolutely would. Uh, and for me, keeping with the multiversal spirit of him showing up and fucking everything, it's uh, Benedict Wong. Who's that? Wong. Oh, wait, is his last name really Wong? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, um, that's a little lazy marble. Okay. <laughs> I do think that was the character's name, though. Okay. So he would uh, show up and whip Incredible. everybody into shape. Oh, but in, love it. in his own fashion. Of course. As he does. Just, like, literally the character Wong. I love him coming in as <laughs> yeah. that. Yes. Fuck it. Like, yeah, he's not he's even... like, oh, I mean, Sphinx. Uh, <laughs> I was never here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Okay. And then finally, Casanova Frankenstein. Who's your Cassie? This one would also kind of be like maybe a hard sell. Um, I picked Walton Goggins. <gasps> I love Walter Goggins. Because, I mean. He would also make a funny uh, Captain Amazing. <laughs> yes, he would. That that I really have trouble seeing that, but I know he could do it. I know he could do it. But for me, like, he does kind of like a simmering he it would be a different take on this character a bit even though this version of Casanova Frankenstein has like some some like little goofs and stuff when he's yeah. like dunking on Captain Amazing but Jeffrey Rush is obviously himself and is playing it to like that Love esteem Rush, but a, a, a Walton Goggins version I think would be really interesting and I'm trying to picture him going back and forth with Jason Momoa and now I just <gasps> want to see this movie oh perfect so Love how about it. you Okay, I went with one of my new favorite villains. Um, Maybe, I kind of wish I'd picked someone a little bit older, but I don't care. Because I love Daniel Radcliffe. Yes. In his villain era. Fuck it. Yeah, bring bring that Lost City energy in, you know? He's playing a bad, like a quote-unquote, like, not nice person in most movies he's done. I love it. And I love it. Yeah, as soon as he became an adult, he's like, (laughs) I'm a bad boy. All right, so what's your cast and who's directing your movie? Ooh, the director? Well, Shit. I already said mine. Yeah, yeah, you've already got... Um, Should I pad? No, I'll do I, I think I would like David Leach to direct it. He did Bullet Train. Whoa. Um, get David Leach to direct, but I would want it written by somebody else. Wait, yeah, we're just doing directing. I know. Mine. Yeah, okay, I won't get too in the weeds here. So we've got... Mystery Men reboot coming out fall of 2024, directed by David Leach. With oh, this, you know, we didn't do what's his name. Who's that? The stinky one. Oh, the spleen? Spleen. Oh, I know who I would pick for that uh, because you mentioned it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Um, fucking Danny DeVito? No. Well, that would be funny. <laughs> Danny DeVito was actually in talks to direct this, but it fell through. Um, no. Jimmy Simpson. Who plays the... Oh, dis- Rickety Cricket? Or Rickety no, Cricket? no, the like the siblings that are like really disgusting. He also played, um, uh, what's his name in Westworld? William? 
Oh, yeah, yeah. I want him just doing his It's Always Sunny thing. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. All right, well, if I'm going to do my, like, conventionally attractive person, I'm going to go with John Cena. (laughs) But he's, like, horrendous. It's, like, horrendous. (laughs) That would be funny. He's, like... Guys, I'm so sorry. It happened again. <laughs> Seeing shades of Peacemaker in there. Yeah, basically. Okay, so for for my cast, we've got David Leach directing and the following cast lined up. Jason Momoa, Jenna Ortega, Nicholas Holt, Kristen Stewart, Michelle Rodriguez, Dave Franco, Bella Ramsey, Benedict Wong, Walton Goggins, and Jimmy Simpson. Nice. I and feel like you that. did a good job with like ages. I tried. Like yours actually go together. But it's Here's kind of more my fun chaos. if there's not. <laughs> yeah. Um, directed with the wonderful Elizabeth Banks, we have Idris Elba, Lily Tomlin, Charlie Day, Jessica Williams, Tig Nataro, Nish Kumar, Gatton Mazzano, Taika Waititi, with Daniel Radcliffe, <laughs> and uh, as... Uh, spleen, John Cena. John Cena. Oh, he gets the as spleen credit. <laughs> that cast is fucking nuts. I really want that movie to come I out do now. too, and I want Elizabeth Banks to do it. Like, I'm imagining being on Reddit and seeing, like, this cast announcement and being like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Does, does Tina Taro and Idris like, have the same agent? Kumar? <laughs> Who the fuck is this guy? Why is he... What, he's been on Taskmaster? He he's been on Roy Kent's podcast in, like, like eight times. Before. He's had his own like talk show about politics. He's branching out now. He's gone Hollywood, baby. That's so good. I'm glad we did this. We haven't done a recast in a while. I know. And this, I is a, be this is a great movie for it. I uh, hope you all enjoyed it as well. Uh, any Mystery Men fans out there? Say you're one of those people that watched it a lot when they were a kid. Have you checked it out since then? And do you still Does like it? Does it hold up? Yeah, we want to know. Because watching this for the first time uh, as 29-year-olds, I don't think is the intended uh, effect. Like, I enjoyed it for, like, what it was, but I wasn't like, oh, my gosh, this is so funny. I was <laughs> yeah. like, I can see how this was funny. Yes, exactly. It got a couple. <laughs> it was uh, intellectually funny. Yes, it got some laughs from me. It got some nose exhales, yeah. if not, you know, so. I mean, I already said some of the jokes yeah. I liked. So. There's good shit in there. I'm yeah. I'm happy that we watched it because, um, yeah, I actually forgot to mention this earlier. Uh, when I was in therapy earlier or last year, my I was like talking to my therapist about doing the podcast and that's like the one thing that he ever recommended. He's like, you guys heard of Mystery Men? <laughs> and I was like, it's like on our like, it's on our like list. And he was like, you've got to watch Mystery Men. I think I knew that. And I was like, all right. Okay, this is for you, Doc. <laughs> I just remembered that too. What a poll. What's his name? I forget. Yikes. I straight up. He's not your current I can't therapist. remember. Yeah, to be clear, I'm not in therapy with someone whose name I don't know. I just forgot. Harry. Right. Yeah. Bob. <laughs> Harry Bob. Joe. Wasn't it Joe? It might have actually been Joe. All right. This I is for you, was. Dr. Joe. Yeah. <laughs> um, and until next time. We are Out, out of the, the Superverse. Superverse.